Hey, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of our podcast. We are an indie folk band called O. Jeremiah out of Athens, Georgia. My name is Jeremiah. You are about to meet the other half of the band in this uh, very candid conversation on our origin story, basically how we got started as a band. Uh, Her name's Erin, and she is my wife, and I love her a whole bunch. We've got some shows coming up. Uh, in This weekend, on March 9th, we're playing in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and uh, info of that is on the interwebs on our website. And then if you are in the Northeast, we're going to be hitting D.C. on April 11th, New York City on the 12th and 13th, and then we're doing a private show in Philly on the 14th. But basically, this podcast is going to be home for all things O. Jeremiah. Uh, We're going to be talking about making a new record. We're going to talk about DIY music stuff. And also super excited, we are uh, going to be talking to our friends in the music industry. A new episode to the public is going to be available the first Wednesday of the month. Our first guest is going to be April 3rd. And uh, that is actually going to be family and friends. And then... uh, If you are more interested in kind of like talks on creativity and um, O. Jeremiah itself, uh, go to our website, ojeremiahtalks.com. That's our Patreon page, and you can subscribe to get a weekly episode. So if once a month doesn't doesn't do it for you, which it shouldn't, we should should expect more, uh, go to our Patreon page, and we're going to do a new episode every single Wednesday. Uh, Next week's episode is going to be how awkward we get when small talk is involved. And it's, you know, it's an hour conversation with me and Aaron just talking about what comes up. So uh, this is the very first episode. We're talking about our origin story as a band. Uh, I fell in love with music via this really amazingly indie (laughs) pop punk band called Blink-182. And Aaron grew up listening to Ella Fitzgerald. And uh, we go through all of it. So check out the very first episode of O. Jeremiah Talks about (laughs) Blink-182. How are you? I'm fine. Okay, so this is... I've been with you all, literally all you day. You have been. We are turning it on for these people. Mm-hmm. Um, we we are almost to that point where we're running out of things to talk about. That's how much we've been together today. Yeah, let's start a podcast. That's exact. That's what we need, <laughs> more time together. Uh, hey, everyone. This is our... I think this is our very first episode, which is kind of a lie because we've already recorded one. Say what? At this point, we've already recorded one. Uh, but this is going to be the first one that we, that we post. This is the inaugural O. Jeremiah Talks episode. Are you excited about mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So uh, we are a band from Athens, Georgia. Well, we we moved here three years ago, and we are a married couple that plays music for a living. And if there's one thing that we love to do, it's to sit on our couches in our PJs and talk about life and the road and and just all kinds of stuff. And we thought it would be really fun today to start off kind of at the beginning, which um, just kind of how we ended up here. Like way, way back? Like all the way back, I would say. Mm-hmm. Edit, what? you're in my pajamas right now. Oh, am I in your pajamas? That's important to know. Yeah, those I don't think I own pajamas. Those are definitely my pants. Yeah, I, t- I don't own pajamas, I think. <laughs> but this is, my, this is my hoodie that I got for Christmas. It is a UGA hoodie. Right. Because um, my parents are finally into 
buying me football gear, I guess. Hmm. 29, finally getting football stuff for Christmas. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. so we're going back all the way to your love of music when it when it first started. Well, and yours, not just mine, sure. yours too. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I so I grew up in a super small town in in Laurel, Mississippi, is is where that is. If you've seen um, Hometown, which is a show on HTV, there uh, that is where I grew up. It is um, a, a really weird. Oh, are we eye rolling? I saw that. What? No, <laughs> I I am still getting used to the fact that we like look at each other the whole time. Do you want me to look somewhere else? I mean. Okay, cool. I will look um, at this picture of you on, on our wall and uh, and just pretend. There's also a stuffed monkey uh, named Bruce, and he will be our third party. And I will every now and then take a look at him and address him. Cool? Into that? It's really true. Yeah. yeah. So I grew up in a small town called Laurel, Mississippi. It was a lot different before this HGTV show. Um, I'm very happy for my hometown because they have all this stuff. But whenever I was growing up, it was a very sleepy town. And all we had was whatever we could come up with. And the thing that I came up with when I was 11 was uh, the MTV music video every morning, whatever they called it back then. And I discovered um, these three naked grown men running down the streets of San Diego hmm. by the name of Blink-182. Okay. And uh, that is how I fell in love with music. I saw the video. What about that video? You know, it's really, really weird because that is exactly what my mom said whenever I pointed to the TV and said, that's what I want to do for a living. Because yeah. it seems like a very weird introduction to music. But for mm. some reason, I like my family grew up just like sitting around and you can attest to this. Like you've been at a, at a table at Cracker Barrel with my parents. Um, it is just who can tell the best jokes. Totally. Who can. You got to tell a story. You got to tell it fast. You got to tell it quick. It's better have a good punchline. A b- good punchline, but you got to get to it quick because it's all it about quick. who's the funniest in my family. Mm. Um, whether or not we've ever addressed that, I don't know. But you've got to entertain. You got to entertain. Mm, the Strickland. Great- I never really. That's a really good point about your family. Yeah, the Stricklands are entertainers, that's for sure. But um, the first time I saw that Blink-182 video, it was the first time I ever discovered that music can also be comedy. Because that video, they're like running around the streets being crazy people, just like... Oh, it was just all forms of entertainment. It was all forms of entertainment. That's why I fell in love with music, is because it's all these things that I love <laughs> in one form, because... you really loved comedy, too. I love comedy so much. Right. I love comedy. I love um, I love acting, because I grew up... I was the scarecrow in my high school play in The Wizard of Oz. Oh. And... <laughs> And I just I just loved Blink-182 because they wrote these songs that I loved, but they were also really, really funny. And they had this documentary called The Urethra Chronicles that I got whenever I was in high school. I may have even been like in middle school. I don't, the timeline's iffy, but mm-hmm. um, I just I would watch it to the point where I could quote it. And it was just these Californians that were so funny. And I don't I don't listen to their music a ton now. Uh, like they just released that new that new record that bummed me out and made me feel like an old timer, but um, you okay over there? <laughs> yeah, I was just testing out my headphones. I feel like you're just like getting used to the getting filling the space out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our living room. Our living room. So today I knew that we were going to be doing this podcast, and it anytime Bleak One Eight Two comes up because for some reason on every like pop radio station 
they'll slip in all the small things by Blink-182, like a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it just takes me down memory lane like every single time it does it. So I wanted to uh, to see what how these emotions felt for you whenever. So I made you this super sweet pop punk playlist. Right. Yeah, we haven't talked about it yet. Yeah, and we we haven't talked about it. So so before that, maybe like a little bit of my background in music. Yeah, I love that. Did not even know Blink One Eighty Two existed. Like when we met. Uh. Hmm. Whoa. Did I introduce you to Blink One Eighty Two? Uh. I can't think maybe, of any greater maybe, achievement for me okay. than to have introduced you. <laughs> okay, calm down. Maybe <laughs> I had heard of them. Okay. Okay. Like you knew all the small things. Uh, Yeah, probably like if I had heard it. Yeah. Yeah, because that was familiar to me today, obviously. I think all of the songs on the playlist were familiar to me. Okay. But because I did listen to like the radio some in high school and whatnot. But yeah, we're not that. You're only like one and a half years older than me-ish. And so, like, we would have been in the same realm of music growing yeah, up. Yeah, if I would have been then. a 10th grader, you would have been a 9th grader. We would have seen each other at the cafeteria, probably. That's, yeah. like, our age difference. Sure, yeah. Yeah, good that's ju- a pretty good timeline. Was... We're talking about high school music, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, at that time, I, I started playing violin. Okay, this fact, let me just say this really quick, and you'll get what I mean, I think. I technically started violin lessons when I was five. But I feel like people expect me to be like this YouTube kid. Sure. Of like, oh, you started that young? You must be like, woo. But I was not. I didn't practice. I didn't care to. Well, yeah. What five-year-old wants to play, wants to do anything other than... Listen, some just really get to it. Mm. Anyways, but my mom, I wanted to quit a bunch. And so I had gone through um, a phase in middle school where I was like, I have to quit. Like I didn't like being the different one. Cause no one in my school played violin. Wait, what, what are the age you, is that 11, 12 in middle school? Yeah. Um, you're like 12, 13. Okay. I'm trying to picture baby air, yeah. like throwing mm-hmm. a violin cause she's mad at it. Well, I would even fake sick and like, I'm not a liar, but at that point, if you were anything, not, you were not that. I was just not feeling it in middle school. Cause I think I didn't want to be different. Cause I was the only one that played in an, played violin in my school and then in high school I was definitely like I felt pretty misunderstood so I leaned into the difference hmm. the the violin it violin kind of gave me an identity in high school like I really was like clinging to that so all that to say I was in a community orchestra I didn't really listen to a ton of music to be honest with you I really didn't like so- I would listen to Okay, I'll tell you this. And I think this is how most people get introduced to their first albums is from their older sibling, right? Hmm. So my sister is three years older than me. Sweet Alex. Sweet Alex. And the in the first couple of CDs I can remember getting from her because I grew up in the South. And so like near Gulf Shores, Alabama, Orange Beach, Alabama. So like now they have like the wharf down there. It's like a big amphitheater. And they get a lot of country artists. And so, like, still, I would, growing up, mostly country artists came to Lower Alabama. And we were into country or we were not into country? Um, Like. It's kind of hard to avoid of. it. Yeah. Like, I'm a cat. Like, like I, th- I think I, I think I liked it. Okay. Like, but I think also with violin, like, always associated, like, the devil went down to Georgia with country music. And I was just like, ugh, if someone else asked me if I can play that, like, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, who could blame you? 
it's like whenever they yell for free bird at a show, you know what I mean? Like a heckler will do that. Yeah. Who, how has no one told those people that that's not a funny joke? How, how's that, how's the free bird lasted think, this long? I think they're genuinely asking maybe. You I are think... so, you are so enthusiastic <laughs> and naive to think that I think they really want free bird. <laughs> like, can anyone even hum Aww. the tune of free bird? <laughs> okay. Yes. A lot of people can. Okay. But Anyway, so yeah, country music, I liked it okay. One of my first concerts was Kenny, Kenny Chesney. And then I saw Brad Paisley and Taylor Swift open for him. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, you're basically a celebrity. What? I don't okay. know. Um, so anyway, so I was kind of listening to country, but then my sister gave me a couple of CDs, and the first ones I can remember off the top of my head, first two that come to mind are Nat King Cole and Nora Jones. Hmm. And so I listened to those two albums on repeat. I cannot tell you how many times. Like, so just a ridiculous amount of times. It's all I needed. Yeah. I was very comfortable with it. Nora Jones' Come Away With Me album got me out of my first breakup really well. Well, I say well, but you know what I mean? How, how bad can you, how well can you really get out of a first, go through a breakup, right? You know, and I have like such strong memories of like, turning that CD on every night and then my mom would come to my room and sit with me until I fell asleep. It was so sweet. That is the saddest and sweetest thing at the same time I've I ever know. heard. I was very heartbroken. I fell hard. Yeah, so, your, mo- your mom, Mickey, as we call her, um, because that's her <laughs> name, uh, is is a caretaker, to oh, say the least. Oh, for sure. I pic- so I've seen pictures of you there on my wall uh-huh. and you were such a precious, tiny like just vulnerable looking child. <laughs> it was my eyes. Maybe my eyes your, are always your like... sweet little blue eyes, little baby ear. And I can't remember, but uh, we were watching uh, home videos and this right. Christmas video came up and it's Aaron and her sister Alex and mm-hmm. they're laying in bed and Aaron is a hundred percent like I could not care less it's Christmas. Tell face Santa down. to go take a hike. Yeah, face my face down. down. I had the cutest little blonde bob. I was so sweet. You were so... I think I was like three. Based on this video, you were not super sweet. But Oh, I was a little cranky. Yeah. And your sister, as soon as your mom opens the door in the video, she's like, oh, hello, mama. It's she like, really does. It it's was, like it so... the sound of music style. Of, it was just like the sweetest thing in the world. Alex was just like, Merry Christmas, mommy. And <laughs> anyway. then she was like... Yeah, and then and you, then yeah, the next ahead. thing you know, you say I'm not coming out to Christmas, and then it I was jump so cuts tired. I, to like, your mother carrying you to the Christmas tree. Yep, with you just like defeated. So your mom, your yeah. mom's always got your back. That sweet Mickey. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah we love so we love that old lady. We went off. She's not old. What the <laughs> yeah, heck sorry, are you doing? Sorry, know, mom. <laughs> Yikes. So yeah. All that to say, Nat King Cole, Nora Jones got me through high school for sure. And then I would have friends that would make me like a mix CD. Mm. And I thought I was really cool. That's how I got introduced to like Red Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff. Oh, yeah. And so that was a big deal for me. But Blink-182 was definitely not on my radar. Definitely not on your radar. And that brings us back full circle to today. Full circle to today. So I, here's something that I've that I never got to see Blink-182 live. Oh, babe, that... that breaks my heart and that's very shocking how did i not know that well I, so in, do you want that to happen well so all the blink 2 listeners oh man do you that are to... listening to this right now okay know that that can't happen the same way 
because Thomas DeLong I know. is no longer in the band. Right. And I I considered buying tickets whenever you, they release their new record. Is that like your biggest regret was never seeing them? No, my biggest regret is like definitely not a Blink-182 thing. Um, but okay, you don't have to go into no, it. Was, that's definitely curious. a different episode if these make it past uh, the first one. Right, right, right. But... I'm trying to gauge, like, do you want a dog more than you want to go to a Blink-182 concert? So, in this scenario, it's either Aussie Doodle or Thomas DeLonge era Blink-182? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aussie Doodle every time. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Because I was in into Blink-182 in the era of Kazaa and Napster, and it, you would take, like, four hours to download the video. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. Yeah. So, you would download the video from the internet... And I downloaded an entire Sydney's Big Day Out concert of Blink-182, and I would watch it every night before okay. I went to bed. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. Okay, continue. Okay, so um, I sent you a... What did I name the, the playlist? Let me, let me take a look here. It's um, Aaron's Super Dope. Mm-hmm. It, it's, worth, it's worth mentioning, right. I think. How can I not... Aaron's Pop Punk Jams Playlist. Right. I, and so I, I gave get- you... A handful of Blink-182 songs. Mm-hmm. You gave me six songs. And I was in the car about to drive off to Target for some paper items. That's so true. I, really, I needed more Kleenex. And I get this text. It's like a uh, listening assignment. What did you call it? I don't know what I called you're it. Pretty, you're pretty aggressive about it. That That's a stretch, I think. Uh... To me, anytime you're giving someone your heart, it's going to feel oh, aggressive. Oh, man. Oh, I just got a little bit of saltiness in my head. Because, like, <laughs> listen to me for just a second, okay? Okay, I'm ready. Whenever I send you a podcast to listen to. Okay. And now I'm we're, like, go, we're going and for I'm the jugular like, here. Yeah. I feel it. Well, I, can I... This, this is no joke. I have been wanting to complain about this for you for a long time. Because like you'll tell your friends about movies that you want them to see, and mm. they'll kind of brush it off. And then whenever they actually see it, you'll be like, dude, I don't even want to talk to you about that. I've been telling you about that for the longest time. <laughs> so, dude. This is a great I, outlet for this conversation right now. I, yeah, it feels really good because I feel like, like I'm winning and also... It's awesome because you can't back down because like we're recording. So here's the thing. Okay. Whenever I send you a podcast, that's me sending my heart, babe, and I need you to listen to it. Okay, that sounds fair. And he hasn't, y'all. Someone attack that. Someone. This is me. So <laughs> listen to me though. So I'm on my way to Target, and I was like, he sent this, and he really wants me to listen to it. He even labeled the flipping album or the playlist. Playlist, yeah. So um. Listen to all of it with care. Well, baby, in my defense, um, right? I do send you a lot. This is five songs. Blink One Two songs are two and a half minutes. Yes, the anxiety podcast was only a quick hour. Yeah, so that's a higher (laughs) ask for me. Like, to put in my defense. No, no. Here we go. Here we go. Let's start here. Okay. So Aaron and I have been touring in. uh, We're going to come back to this story. Oh yeah, we're coming back, but I have to interject my side of the argument. I feel like that was important. That's a good lesson. We're not done here, ma'am. Oh no. We, so Aaron and I have been you touring have together. My pants on, just perspective. <laughs> no, I, and they are uh, they are gonna walk with me to victory right now. Mm. So we have been touring <laughs> for three to four years together. But before that, Uh-oh. Aaron was still in college, and because I graduated a year before her, and two. I two years. Oh yeah, because you it took you five years to graduate. Cool, and ouch. 
I have the floor, miss, and mm-hmm. uh, I would do solo tours in my Ford Focus. And Aaron said it would mean a lot to me Uh-oh. if you read, it was my favorite book in high school. It would mean so much to me if on this trip in February to Minneapolis, if you could finish this book. And I was gone for a month on that tour, and you gave me The really? Count of Monte Cristo. Okay. Do you know how long The Count of Monte Cristo is? Oh, I love that book. You love it so much. It is like a phone book. Did I really do that to you? You did it to me. I think it's still on our bookshelf. Okay, and then what happened? I finished it. I feel like if you hand someone Count of Monte Cristo and you say, if you love me, you'll read this. And listeners, I can't prove that she said that, but I can't prove that she didn't either. (laughs) I (laughs) definitely didn't say that. So I read Count of Monte Cristo for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember saying, I must be into this girl because holy cow, this book. Right. Because it's like the basis of the book is dude overcomes his like betrayal from his love and his friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all he does is he puts on like one okay. of those like okay. Batman masks no, and no one recognizes is, him. No, quit it. That's quit exactly it. what happened. Have you seen the movie? It's decent. No, I read the whole okay. book. Okay. Moving okay. on. Be- Blink-182. So... I, I sent you five songs. Uh-huh. Six. Nope. It's five. I'm looking at it. And um, you, you probably just got this? so swept up in, in the songs, you just went down a rabbit hole. But I sent you What's My Age Again? Mm-hmm. Classic. That's That was my intro to Blink-182. I was familiar with most of them, babe. Were you? So, I no. Like- first date. From Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Take Off Your Pants and Jacket is the first album mm-hmm. I ever paid my own money for. Wow. Um, and I told great. my mom, because we had this uh, CD store in the mall in Laurel called The Sound Shop. Uh-huh. And I said, Mom, can you take me to Sound Shop? Because I want to buy Take it. Off Your Pants and Jacket. And she said, go to your room. How much was it? I think it was $11. But it was really cool because every album had a different edition. So there was like a Japanese, it, it, there was the takeoff, and then it was your pants, and then it was your jacket, and each one had a different bonus track. How old were you? I don't remember. Like okay. like 40 or something. Yeah. I can't remember. Okay. Um, so I want to know how this made you feel thinking about little Jair um, driving down the back roads of Mississippi, pumping California surfer music. Okay. Um... I mean, so here's the thing. I thought it was just like, hey, listen to this and tell me what you think of it. I I I think that's what it was, right? Right. But you just said like, what do you think? Little Jer, how does he feel? I didn't really think of it through that lens. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, I didn't know I was going to ask you that until it was coming out. And I realized that's what I really want. I was like, I was kind of just like objectively listening to it. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So tell me that answer then. I, I used to not care about lyrics, but for some reason... The lyrics are so hard to ignore in a Blink-182 song. Well, that's basically that all they have, yeah, because they Is have power fair? chords in a dream, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, also something you guys should know about me. Like, um, I if someone loves something, I'm going to have a really hard time dumping on it if I know, if I care for that person. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, like, it's like, I might not agree, but I'm also... I'm not going to tell you all the flaws that I find in it because it's like that kind of robs your joy from it. And I don't want to do that to you. But no, no, I, I, I need the flaws. 
I need them right now. No, it's okay. Because because there's no way you can take back what they gave me. Sure. I know I know, but do you know what I'm saying? Like that's just who I am though. I'm just always gonna be careful with that because I I want I want people to still be excited with what they love. Um all that to say, like I <laughs> not gonna lie, ever since I listened to it, I've been trying to uh jokingly come up with it my version of a Blink one eighty two song. Oh, that's very lucky because we have it right here. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? So all I knew after you listened to it, Jeremiah, you sent me this audio Jeremiah, memo. if you do this, I have to. Oh, my word. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Shut that off. Shut that off. <laughs> so that was guys, Aaron. That, okay, listen. So that was listen, Aaron singing listen, us all listen, the small things. Stop it. Do you know how? No, quit it. There's so many things wrong right now. That I Do you know how on an iPhone... Or I don't know any other phone, so that's why I'm saying an iPhone. <laughs> Do you know how on an iPhone you can like save an audio message? Anytime someone saves an audio message, I always think it's like an endearing reason. Like they're like, oh, they want to go back and listen to that because they're being sweet. This little joker kept this. And I was like, oh, he just like, that really, that's just so nice. And then now I'm realizing it, like he, you just did it to use it against me. Yeah. Just that's I terrible. wanted to remember that there so, is a no, world where you're this, singing Blink that, Two to me. That was me joking on the way to yoga tonight because mm. I was like feeling funky, but fresh, funky, fresh is what I should but say. But it's fair to but, assume that you but, you would not be bebopping but, to Blink One Eighty Two on your own free will. Oh, definitely not. But ouch, babe. I'm just kidding. Okay. So, but no. Whenever I say I was, I was trying. I've been trying to come up with my own version of a. I mean, like that was mimicking them. Okay mocking if you will that sure. was joking about a song that already existed okay i literally the lyrics cracked me up so much of how it like it kind of went from like stream of conscience to literal facts in the room to let me throw in a quick cliche yeah and i just just that's like a good recipe for a blink song if you ask yeah me. that's what i'm saying <laughs> and so i was like how funny would it be because I knew we were recording this podcast. I was like, how funny would it be? And then now, jokes on me because I get that. If I came up with my version of like a Blink-182 riff, oh. of like an original, do you know what I mean? And so I was so excited about like, but I never could think of anything. Oh, it's it's super easy. It's skateboarding, girl broke my heart, me and my friends are mad at our parents. Right. But I mean, I was going to go all out there. Well, like, that's, it it's really interesting because they, they came out with this new album. I think it's called California and they are still on brand. I they, know, they're, they're grown men. I think they're like in the late forties or, or early to mid forties yeah. or whatever, still talking about being grounded. And yeah. it's really endearing. It's yeah, it is endearing. I was, yeah. Simple melodies. Like here's the lyric. It's just like, I'm in this room. Well, I feel I think, this thing. I think the, I'm I'm thankful for them for two reasons. One, I never it was so nice growing up in this small town where you felt like you didn't belong. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I didn't belong because the town was bad because I love Laurel, but everyone was so different from me in that there was hunting, there was football, there was all these things I wasn't interested in. I didn't play any sports until my senior year of high school, and it was tennis. Oh, really? Well, I think it was my junior year, yeah. but it, regardless, right? Um, Blink One Eighty Two were my best friends. Like I would listen, I would learn how to tell jokes, I would learn how to write songs, you with loved it. all based on this obsession I had with Blink One Eighty Two. It also was developed a really good 
<laughs> a really interesting um, singing accent. Okay, I knew them. this was going to come up tonight. But let me finish this thought real quick, and then we're going to go right straight there. Maybe right. this will maybe this will get us there. The other thing I'm really thankful for Blink-182, they developed a love of music in me that lasted way beyond the Blink years. So from Blink-182, that mm-hmm. led me to Incubus. Incubus led me to Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews led me to Josh Ritter. Josh Ritter to where we are now. Yeah. And it all starts with Blink-22 because that's a very understandable... That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. And you, on almost the first time we started singing together, you said, who did you grow up listening to that makes you sing with that accent? I said that to you. You said that to me. Ooh. I, I replay it often in my head uh, as I'm crying in sleep. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Because I, I do think you're a product, a, a product of... A product. I think you're a product of who you listen to, right? I mean, it's how we, it's how yeah. we have our accents. That's how we. I mean, I. Because look, every time you open your mouth, this listening. soulful, jazzy, like smoky thing comes out, and you literally grew up on a farm. <laughs> what does that even mean? No, it's true. Like I, like it's, and I sang like I was some like San Diego Californian, right? And it's just because, like, that's what I listen to all the time. I know. I I think I finally got rid of the California accent, though. Uh, yeah. There, like, occasionally at a show, it'll like slip out in a word, and I'll just kind of look at you, just like, what? Well, it's really fun because I grew up. The first band I was in was a Blink One Eight Two cover band. We were called Idiot Box. Mm -hmm. We were absolutely terrible, but very formative in my music years. We were all seventh and eighth graders. Our parents drove us to our show at a Mexican restaurant called The Alamo, and we made a record of three songs. We called it The Demos. What do you mean by made a record? We went to a studio. Really? We did. It was this guy's house. That's a sad story that maybe... We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that one. Um, But we, we made this record, and our hit single, heard by literally dozens of people, mm-hmm. was called Running With Scissors. Yeah. And the line was, I'm running with scissors when you're with me. That was the that was the hook. Do you wanna go deeper into what that means? No, no, no. I wanna uh I I couldn't tell you if I wanted to. But the thing is That's a very blink one eighty two thing. It's a very blink one eighty two thing. And also I sounded so California except for the word your and it was, I'm running with scissors when you're with me and for some reason your was so southern and every time someone would listen to it they would point it out so like i couldn't fully Ooh. get californian but did you write that lyric babe oh i wrote it i absolutely no that's not true my best friend jim he was our drummer he wrote Man, that song. you're probably so excited by i'm running with scissors you're like oh it's such a good lyric yeah and i don't think it ever dawned on us that weird al yankovic also had a record called running with scissors really he had a whole album called that and we were just like oh he stole it from us right <laughs> these eighth graders uh, in he was Laurel, in the dozens yeah in the dozens sure. um okay cool yeah and uh we played we opened middled and closed with blink 182 songs we loved it we opened every show with dump weed which is a blink 182 song and we closed every wow. one of them with uh with a different one every time. Yeah. Yeah. We still love it. Did you grow up did you grow up singing jazz with people or was it just like in your car? Cuz that's the thing I've always wondered. It's important if especially if you've if you're familiar with our music and you've heard Aaron sing, 
it's very shocking to hear when I met her, she said that she wasn't really a singer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you meant it when you said it. Yeah, I still, and sometimes I, I still catch myself being like, well, I'm not really a singer. And you're like, Aaron. And the first time I heard you sing, it felt like you were saying, it's not you, it's me, or I just need to focus on me right now. Because it was obviously such a lie, but it was accidental. Like it was, yeah. you know, I just really need to work on my art right now. But you're like, have this beautiful voice and it's like, you know, really, really confusing. Yeah, I like my first... Hmm. One of my first performance, because I would like sing in church and stuff. Not a lot by myself, though. I, I remember one of the first things I ever sang by myself, and maybe my mom could probably correct me on this, but my first memory of singing alone was a church Christmas play, and I was uh, Jesse, a male shepherd boy, oh, a shepherd boy. Very progressive in Somerdale, Alabama. Yeah, they were just like... Aaron, I think, so I've like always kind of been a tenor, which is really funny to me that I was like, I remember I was like 11. Yeah, I remember the outfit and everything. Mm, bringing up some good memories. Yeah. Kicking up the dust. So that was like my first memory of like singing alone. And then I stayed in choir a bunch. They had me sing solos in church and then they kept like asking me to sing louder. What I know now that I did not know then is that I was, I did not know a chess voice existed. I was only singing like, I guess they call it a throat voice, right? And, mm. Or in your head voice. Yeah. And I know now like the head voice is kind of saved for like the higher register that you can't really get to from chest voice, right? Mm-hmm. I, I could be totally butchering this, y'all. Sorry. <coughs> so anyways, um, so yeah, for years I was, I sang so quiet because that's literally all no one, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. And then before I met Jeremiah, there's a summer that I came home from college and I lived with my mom and I loved college so much. Like I was in orchestra, I was in chamber groups. I even joined the choir because I just wanted to be involved in everything. You are the most college I've ever met a person. Oh man, I love college you so much. You were on fire for higher education. I loved, <laughs> well, I think what it was is that I spent my whole high school feeling so alone and being the only like person that played the violin. Right. And so I felt so isolated. And then I get to college and I meet so many people that are my people. Yeah. And I was so excited by it. And so I had like choir. I I did every, I did way too much. I took piano lessons. I took, I had violin was my major. Like I just got involved in everything. Everything. And loved it so much. And so I love the choir a ton. There wasn't really an orchestra back home where I lived with my mom that summer. So I decided there's like a community choir. So I decided to try out for it, got in, and then um, they had solo auditions. And that was the first time I'd ever like decided, hey, I think I want to sing. I think I should do this. I wonder what this is going to be like. And so then I don't know how, but somehow I had realized that I could sing louder. And that was the that was the day that I realized I could do it. And I text one of my friends that was a voice major and I was like, hey, like, I'm about to do an audition. Am I supposed to do my head voice the whole time? Or do I do like my chest voice? Hmm. She And then she was like, well, you do your chest voice for as much as you can because you're going to be able to project better probably. And I was like, my mind was blown. I, had, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I mean, I sang so quiet, hmm. so quiet. So I was auditioning for a solo. Oh, shoot. I just forgot the name of it. 
No, it wasn't someone to watch over me. It was, I think it was an Ella Fitzgerald song though. And very jazzy. You know, I think that's why jazz is, I've always been so drawn to jazz. Um, I don't understand it to this day and I'm okay with that. You also have this really adorable, um, it makes looking at pictures of you singing really cute to me, uh, where you sing out of the side of your mouth. Yeah. What is that? Who taught you that girl? I, I don't know. Did I watch someone? Because someone filmed me in one of the USM, our university's, like, choir concerts. I was in the dead center, and they, like, filmed me the whole time. And I like they were like, whoa, your, like, mouth is always to the side. And it totally was. It was so yeah. weird. And uh, no one corrected me, so I was like, all right. And so, yeah, that solo was, like, the first time I realized that I could sing. Hmm. And I... The first memory of someone telling me that I could, because I've had like trickles of like, like memories of teachers, choir directors from school, music teachers. Like I got in trouble in the second grade, which is very shocking. One, that I got in trouble. And two, the reason was that I was talking <laughs> hmm. and she was like, hey, you need to stop talking. But also you have a really good voice. Her hmm. name is Amy. I forgot her last name. And so that kind of stuck out to me. And but this time I auditioned, I auditioned. Didn't get it, but knew I was decent. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't, like, well, the fir- hard on myself for the not getting The first time it. I ever saw you, we don't have to, like, unravel the whole um, history of OG or Maya in this, in this episode, but I asked you, I saw the, a friend of our, of, uh, well, am I having an aneurysm? <laughs> a friend of ours. I hope not. <laughs> uh, connected us, because I, I was, I was ending the band that I was in, and I wanted to go solo, and he sent me your info and he mm-hmm. sent me your profile picture on Facebook. And I was just like, yeah, girl, let me, let me slide into this girl's DMs. Oh my and you said no. I did. Because. One day we'll go through all of this. One day we will for sure. I'd love but to. the thing that, that bears noting at this juncture is that you said, I'm not really a singer. Right. And then. Um, that was, that was a year after that choir experience where I learned how to use my chest voice. And then, though, I end up, me and me and the guy you recommend to fill your place are going to play this open mic, and you're over at his house. I know the timeline on all of this is super iffy, and the, the details are confusing. All, you, all the listeners need to know are, me, you, and this guy that was supposed to replace you are in a room, and he starts playing a song that you know, and then this beautiful voice as if from the heavens, descends upon us oh out of the side of your mouth. Because me and, and that guy I, had played Nora Jones together. Right. For fun. Like, we were just kind of joking around. Right. And I felt livid and betrayed by this pretty woman. Did you really? I did. Because, it again, it felt like you were you were just like, oh, I'll sing with this guy, but not with you. <gasps> yeah. Oh, Talk wow. about some baggage we got to undo now. Mm-hmm. 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 Count of Monte Cristo'd you. That's not a verb in our house. I feel like I feel Quit like it. it's gonna be Quit now. Count of Monte Cristo. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about, and I usually think about other perspectives. Another thing that's interesting about oh, that. Oh goodness! And then we can talk about literally anything else. Okay. You ended up joining the band not as a violinist, as just a background singer. That's crazy. Well, that's because we already had a violinist, and I didn't think I didn't think it was necessary to have two. When is when is two violins ever necessary? It's not. Except when it is. What? Oh. I don't know. I was trying to so, go. 
Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, singing was weird for me. But here you are now for a while. Yeah. So we got. Yeah, after I started singing with you, I was like, hey, because I knew you were in voice lessons for a while, and so I was like, hey. You know, I don't. I think the reason I didn't call myself a singer is because violin had been my whole life since I was like five, so I was comfortable. Like I felt, I often feel like a fraud in a lot of things that I do. Yeah. Unless I have uh, history to back it up, or like paperwork, something silly. So yeah, just like the, I like to have proof that I'm. Yeah, you were super proud of your diploma when you got it. It was hard. It was. You You did a double major, whereas I, like, I don't even know where my diploma is. I think it's under the refrigerator mm-hmm. in the house that we lived in in college, mm-hmm. a, a house that I no longer live in. Because I just, I was bad at college. I didn't enjoy college. I um, didn't, you got a 4.0. Well, I, so it's, I was bad at college at being a college. Like, you didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy high school. I just wanted to be out doing what we're doing now. Right. Jeremiah's you, very independent. He does not like to be told what to do. I, I just don't. I just can't do I, it. I, however, really loved the routine. Also, looking back, I've learned that I loved having so much alone time in the practice room. You love it. But and yeah. I don't give you alone time because I'm always chirping. You're always here. Ouch. <laughs> but I, yeah, so the, the two degrees, I got... Music education degree was easy. Like I teaching felt very natural to me. All the teaching class, like all of that totally made sense. The hard thing for me was performing. Right. It was so hard. And and I wasn't a natural. I, I say this incomplete. I'm not trying to be humble or anything. Like I was so far behind whenever I got to college on my instrument. Right. I had to play catch up really really aggressive well also i don't know like for our listeners you are missing the muscle in your bowing hand which mm-hmm. is like yeah. yeah like my thumb my right thumb how many is that like the one and only muscle of your thumb i don't know we'll get i need to look that up we'll have an anatomy professor we'll figure that on out. here for the next one but yeah i have i'm missing a muscle in my thumb which is weird. And so, so you have like a lot of obstacles getting you. And then you have like this crippling injury your second or third year, right? Uh-huh. Second year of school. And I had to I had to stop playing for four months, which is like That's a like, nightmare for a yeah, musician Yeah, that is kryptonite for a musician. Yeah. Failed a barrier, which was like a performance test that you have to take to prove that you can be a performance major. And you're basically performing in front of all your professors. Mm-hmm. And, and you do that reg- like as a test every semester, but this one was like the big like, okay, if you don't pass this, you need to change your major and you need to consider something else. Well, I never, I've never experienced performance anxiety. I have, I'm, I was born a ham. I remained a ham, <laughs> and I love performing, and I just, yeah. I just don't fear it. But I was a classical guitar major for three years, and every time I walked to perform a classical piece, I almost had an anxiety attack. Yeah. It, there's just something about it where you're so exposed. And it, for me, I'm not speaking to anyone else's experience. It robbed the joy of music to me. Cause I remember feeling like music was my escape and now it's an anchor. Mm-hmm. And I had like, I had a very tough time being a music major for all the yeah. things you, for all the reasons you succeeded so well at it. Well, I hated being in a practice room. I hated being with other people um, whenever it came to, like, 
my thing. Like I liked it being my thing. Right. You know what I mean? And then there's all these other guitar players that were so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never felt like it was competitive. Maybe that's because I did have to play so much catch up and everyone was just encouraging me along the way. Right. And I knew your classmates, you had a, I mean, they were so supportive. It was a, it was a family. It was a, yeah, it felt like a family. Uh, they were, yeah, they were so kind. Everyone would, in your studio, your instrumental studio, so all my violin peers would know what piece you were all working on because you would end up performing for each other like once a week or so. Right. And so if they heard you in the, like the practice rooms, a lot of them didn't have windows, but if someone heard your piece down the hallway, they would come check on you and see if you needed help with anything. I mean, it was just, it yeah, it was so... I, it felt very supportive to me. That was my experience, at least, and I, I soaked up every bit of it. I had a, it was very hard, the performance anxiety. I did not want to get a performance degree. And it, like that, that was so hard, but I, the thing that kept me through that degree was that I was like, okay, I guess kind of like the fraud thing. Like I, my, before I met Jeremiah, my plan was to be a studio violin teacher and to be in an orchestra somewhere, anywhere, you know. And so I wanted to teach students either, you know, they decide to do music for a living, they don't, they decide, you know, whatever they decided to do, I wanted to be able to say, okay, if you want to take this all the way to being like a performer, I want to say that I know a little bit of what it takes, right? Right. And so the degree meant that to me of that, like I earned the right to teach you because I know somewhat of like what college life is like if you go this direction. Uh, and I, I still have days where I'm like teaching and I'm like, oh man, I should have gotten my master's. I, I shouldn't be teaching them because they don't, I don't know everything that I should. Yeah. Which you is def- silly. You definitely but, fall victim to the educational hierarchy. Like right. the things that, cause I've heard you say that sometimes you're like, who's going to take me seriously. I don't have a master's degree. Totally. And I'm like, yeah. my heroes dropped out of high school. I know. Yeah. I, that's a, and I think it's because whenever you're in, you're in college, like that, the only example of people you have in your field that you're going into have got, gone all the way with higher education. Right. And so, then you're like, okay, this is my example. This is what I have to do. And that's also, so we've been chasing after this goofy dream for six years now. Mm -hmm. And one of the hardest transitions you had to make in your brain Mm -hmm. are, and when you were in school, when you were a classical major and you're like chipping away at these pieces, the number one thing you had to do was just be good. That was the top of the, that was the top of the mountain of your to-do list. Be good. That's and that was also the only other thing you had, just to be good at your instrument. Yeah. But then you come over to like our indie music world, and being good, it's like comes up rarely often. You know, was that a sentence? I mean, C- it, it it does. It but, just it but, looks different. It looks way different. But mm-hmm. when did we have a? When have we ever had a show, and people are like warming up scales a million miles an hour? Before they go out there. Like, it's just a different thing. Like, it's totally different. We have, we have experienced so many times people get up there that can play two chords but charm the pants off an audience. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a whole different world. And there were times where you thought you could logically put those pieces into place. You had a tough time with it whenever we started because yeah. you were like, 
they're not even like they're not even that skilled at their instrument. They don't, they don't even know what Phrygian means or whatever. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah, I mean, going back to full circle with your Blink-182 thing, like what brought you into that video was them entertaining you. I know, that was their one job. And that was, uh, that's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the one job that I've had the hardest time with is just being an entertainer. <laughs> so I just, I've just known to be good and, and that's all that mattered. And so another, another thing that it has to be for you, it has to be honest. Yeah, I th- yeah, and I don't think that's I don't I don't think that's to the fault of like music school. I think that's just that's I think just that's who your I wiring am. for I think sure. That's my, I've always been any. I mean, even as a kid, I was always like that. If I did something wrong, I'd immediately confess it. But I've, I, I, we've <laughs> we've had conversations before where I was like, "Hey, what if for this part we try this thing?" And you were like, "I would never do that." Right. And I'm and I was just like, yeah, but we're performing, so it's like it's fine. And you were just like, no, no, I would. I'm not going to be able to do that genuinely. Yeah, I wanted to do a, um, I wanted to cover a song as like, an intro, I, and you're I like, I can't do that, that genuinely. I would never listen to that song. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I admire that about you, because yeah. there are times where it's hard if I had more honor in what I'm about, I would save so much face. Hmm. Because I think, oh, people would love it if I did this. And that's rarely is that a, a recipe for and success. My, my mind is always like, well, no, that, that, that brings good quality too, babe. I don't want you to diminish that. Okay. But, but I, it does. Let's just be envious of each other. Cool. I think that's the healthiest way we get out of this. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I... But yeah, I, I, I forgot what I was going to say. I just know I, I just don't ever want to make them think I'm someone else. I just I, I always want to present myself in the most honest way. Yeah. Why is that important to me? We'll get in. I don't know that we have to answer that today. I think that I guess that's just. Yeah, I've just always been that way. Well, I remember one time I I'm we were we were playing the show at this at this record store and I had a joke about. I had to sell my shoes to to buy records because it was on record store day and record store day is this thing where, <clears throat> where, um, record indie record stores will have all these deals and discounts. And mm-hmm. I was trying to pander to the record store people and being like, well, I would have Aaron said that I can't buy any more records cause I'm, and you were so mad at me that we were like having a fight on stage. Was this in like Ohio or something? No, this was in Hattiesburg where we went to school. Or no, where is that? It wasn't in Utah. I was thinking of the, a different. No, that's a different. That's okay, a, okay, that's the happy word. now story. Okay, yeah. If you, uh, oh man, he knows now. If he ever like fibs a little on stage just to get the audience going, I'm just like, that's not right. Yeah. He told everyone the other night that he loved everyone in the audience, and I was quick to say, no, he doesn't. Yeah, you de- <laughs> felt felt a little bit like a ballbuster in that way. Where I know. It was. I felt bad. Also. I was just like, hey, man, I love all you guys. And Aaron was like, correction, she doesn't. <laughs> like He, he does, doesn't. He yeah, does yeah. not like it. I know. And the, the other night you called yourself out on it whenever you said we were at Eddie's Attic. And uh, right before I sang, you're like, I love you. And then everyone was like, oh. And you're like, oh, sorry. I was pandering. <laughs> and I was I like. I do love you. No, I, I know. Was defi- my you heart- definitely were trying to get a little something something get a little get a little sauce from the audience that's for sure okay that, yeah. uh, sometimes yeah yeah anyways uh we're so to wrap it up yeah i guess i guess for me 
uh, Bleak 182 was the beginning of all this in that I, like you, started playing guitar at a really young age, but it was only because my parents had a guitar and said, you have to learn guitar. And I was learning these... Your parents got you into lessons? Well, my dad had a guitar. I, I don't come from a musical family. My grandma played... My mamma uh, played piano in church. And my dad could not... Can't clap on the, on, the, on the two and the four. Like, he just can't do it. I'm aware of that. Yeah. So, I... We had a guitar. My dad wanted to learn it, but he was just like, yeah, this isn't for me. And then I get the guitar... And they want me to learn like this, like Smoke on the Water and like all these like generic songs and Pretty Woman and all these other things. And I just wasn't connected to it. Yeah. And I tried to quit. And then that Blink-22 video, my brain turned on. Like I remember standing in in our room, like I was sitting on our bunk beds and I stood up to get closer to it because it was hitting me so spiritually. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And I just, like, I wanted to be that. I've known since I was 11, this is what I wanted my life to be. Mm -hmm. And everything else was just getting in the way of that. Wow. Like college, high school, all of it was just getting in the way. You do your own thing. Because I just wanted to be. I think you also, the video probably struck a chord of independence in you. Yeah. I've always been, I've always been independent. And I've always, and I think that's why I love making music videos so much. So we make very elaborate short film music videos where one of them I fly an airplane and one of them I'm a clown. Oh, I don't technically fly the airplane. She's giving me honest eyes. But <laughs> I I love making videos and I take them so seriously because it had such an impact on me. I can only hope that it has that impact on someone else. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because for creativity. To yeah. me, music videos are, the, are one of the more underrated ways to connect to an audience. And I think some people just like phone them in. But like we take those really seriously because a music video changed my whole life. Wow. That's beautiful. I think that's a good way to, to start. Uh, I think we want to end every episode with um, something that we're super into right now. And uh, I think this is a good time to talk about what we're super into. What are you super into right now? Um, I always want you to go first here, so it gives me some time to think. Okay, that's good. Good to know going forward. Yeah, that's a good note. I have been watching the new Netflix show, Russian Doll. It has, um, I I can't remember the the star's name, but I know that her and Amy Poehler wrote it. And it is out of this world good. Okay. I have 15 minutes left of this season before I'm done with it. I tried to finish it before this so I could say if it was, if it ended well, but every episode is so entertaining wow. and weird and dark and hilarious. It's just really great. And, and just everything that I expect from a TV show, I get from this TV show and I, and I've really enjoyed every second of it. Wow. What about you? Okay. Uh, this is, I don't know that this is, it's not very new. But I watched this uh, food documentary, The Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. You loved it. Oh, my goodness. You loved it. Here's what you do. You get yourself a glass of wine, make yourself a really delicious meal, and you sit down and watch it. That's exactly it's, what you did. I came in. I, I kind of, it's like I knew, like, because I was like, I'm going to be hungry. I also want to feel a little fancy. Like, I just need to make this an experience. And I was, so, I mean, I was so excited to do it. I was you, so pumped to do it. I've never seen, and I think it was like a Wednesday night at 6 p.m. And you were like, get out. Like, yeah, this is I was me like, time. hey, I just found this. And there's four episodes. I tried to make it, I stretched it out over probably two nights because I really, I loved it so much that I just wanted to soak it up 
so slowly so that I knew I was getting everything. Um, I would consider myself a foodie. Oh my goodness. I would you ever? Yeah. I love cook cooking. The kitchen is one of the most peaceful places for me. And I think it's because it's one of the only times, because I can't cook at all. Uh-huh. It's one of the times you get that practice room feeling. It's that uh, college feeling of no one's bugging me. I'm just doing I'm my just thing. I'm just creating. Yeah. Also, I'm a, I don't really follow recipes, and I just like I can just create, and that's kind of my space. I think you to cook. Do. I we we've talked about this before, where mm-hmm. so many of the things that that we do, we do in our heads. Like when I'm writing, I'm definitely in my head. But like when you're cooking, it's a it's a heart thing for sure. Oh, it's so much by feel, and I can even smell and know whenever something's like too salty or whatever. It's like become such a, like a sense thing for me, yeah. which has been awesome. And yeah, I think also like cooking is one of cooking and crossing the street are the two <laughs> things in my life that I am unapologetically confident in. Yeah, you've, you've will, definitely rushed out in an intersection yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, they got me. They're definitely going to stop. Uh, so yeah, cook all that say cooking is great. So just... Saying all the, saying all of that because this documentary, I think, is more for the foodie because you're going to get a lot out of the. She travels to the different countries that, you know, like she goes to Japan for the salt episode to talk about soy sauce and how it's made, mm. and then you know she goes to Italy for fat to so you can see olive oil being made, and so like. And then you also get some tips along the way. You know, I went out and bought a ton of salt after I saw the documentary, uh, different types too. And so you're going to learn a lot, but you're also, she, she's, I love watching people passionate at what they do. And the, I forgot her name, but the lead woman in this documentary is so incredibly passionate and you're just going to get a lot of feelings from that. I remember you crying during it. Oh, I cry a lot, but I definitely cried. You definitely cried In the middle of this. I was just so touched by it. That's awesome. Okay, so episode one, all wrapped up. Thank you for, for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Tell tell people. Yeah, if I don't know. Uh, follow us on uh, on our socials, and uh, we're going to be doing this way more often. This is just the beginning of a whole new era. Yeah, this is really fun. Yeah, and I think that... It's nice to just like be able to get back from yoga and just sit down on the couch and do this it's really fun yeah so thanks for listening in we will uh, we will see you super soon okay bye okay bye